You hear that? I can hear it. Mm-hmm. The original bell, but not really. Someone, someone has tampered with my bell. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Who else is even allowed in your in your secret bat cave? My my sanctum sanctorum. Mm-hmm. I have a, a standing lunch date a couple times a week. Kid comes to the office. We watch NBC comedies and uh, eat pho. Very nice. She tampers. Mm, well, you know. Mm-hmm. Kid's gonna kid. <laughs> How's your corn? It's going all right. Yeah. It's arriving. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to my vacation. Your vacation? Mm-hmm. Will you go somewhere? I will not. Oh. This is just how you, just, you get to be at home and not work, basically. Yeah, that's uh, okay. WWDC week. So, uh, oh god, look, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Not I, obviously not just because of WWDC, but also I'm looking forward to not having to quote unquote go to work mm-hmm. because you would think like, oh well, you know, would you even notice? Because you're just in the same place all the time. The answer is yes, yes, I totally mm-hmm. notice. Just that's a, that's yeah. a multiple things combined. With my work, one is obviously the coronavirus stuff, but the second is we just changed to one of those policies where you have like I don't know, the unlimited vacation days, uh, you know, unspecified vacation days. It used to be you would accrue vacation time over the course of the year, and you could track it, and you could carry over a certain amount to the next year. Standard type policy, right? Uh, and then yeah. let, let me plan out my year when I'm going to take my vacation. Now it's like whatever, just. If it's okay between you and your manager, just take off whenever you feel like it. Uh, and as everyone who has ever experienced one of these programs will tell you, what happens is you end up taking less vacation. Especially now, because it's like, well, all my summer plans are out the window, so I don't need to take any vacation time. I'm not going anywhere. And then it just turns out I've never taken any vacation. So I was like, you know what? I'm taking vacation. Taking off WWC week just like a normal day. Uh, when I first... Have you ever talked about the culture of things like we ever talked about this, like the Netflix famous slide deck from probably a decade ago or whatever it was? Have we ever talked about that? Not specifically. I remember that deck, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is one of those things that I can keep this pretty short. But like when I first heard about that, I was like, like everybody, I guess. I, I think I put it up on my uh, website. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember how many folders there are. But um, but I mean, wow, this is so cool. What a great company. Because what were some of the other, was one of the landmark or one of the kind of temple features was, hey, you know, uh, where it's where ideas can hang out and do whatever. Um, you know, you come in here, you, you you come and go when you want, you work when you want, where you want, discover your desks. And one of the marquee features it was, yes, that we don't, there's nobody in this company that gets a specific number of vacation days based on seniority or accrual or whatever. So, hey, it's mellow. Just uh, take whatever you think is reasonable. And I remember thinking, like, how cool is that? Like, as this growing company has this policy. And I don't, I don't want to be too strident about this because I'm, I have to imagine policies like that can be implemented and utilized very differently by different people. But, like, I'll be that guy for a second. Mm, you know... Is the is the lady at the front desk who's worked there for three months really allowed to take as much vacation time as like the senior director dude, or if for that matter the the middling uh, you know anybody administrative role? 
it just, it feels like that's one of those things like, it always struck me whenever we would, uh, when I had my dot-com job and of course you got to go and visit other dot-coms and talk about deals, 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 going to places like, uh, I want to say like Critical Path where they have like a grand piano in the lobby. And they always, all those places always had this big refrigerator full of beer and drinks. And like, you really had to know the culture of the place to know if, when, or whether it was okay to grab a beer. You know, and the more you start looking for these things, you see, yeah, there's beer in there and that looks really cool and like we're very mellow. But then you also notice the the dusty foosball table <laughs> and the dusty ping pong table and the all those different, you know what I mean? That, doesn't it feel like that? If if it were me and I, I'm the sort of person who maybe this is just this sort of slightly pro-union part of me is like, no, I would like details on exactly what I get as part of this job. If, if you took that a step further and said, just take as much money as you think you deserve to take it to the logical extreme, I bet a lot of people would feel very um, chastened about taking what they regarded as too much. I think it's a, I think it's a little bit gaslighty, the whole like... I don't know. What do you, what do you, give me your general or specific thoughts about that, that these kinds of policies. Yeah. Like the, the pay thing is a great uh, example, but like for vacation thing, it's, you know, the, the simpler, smaller version of that. Um, you basically end up, uh, it, it ties your vacation time to your level of oppression essentially. Right. So if mm. you're a big wheel in the company and there are very, very few people who can tell you what to do and you're really not worried about losing your job, you can take whatever the hell vacation you want. If you mm-hmm. are a low-level employee who's boss on you every second and who's demanding that, you know, like that you be at their beck and call and put in long hours and stuff like that, you can't take the vacation time you think you quote unquote deserve because essentially your vacation time is at the whim of the per- of your oppressor, of your of your manager, of your boss, right? And obviously there are good bosses and bad bosses, but in general, the lower mm-hmm. you get in the org chart, the more likely you are to have a, a jerky boss. Right. And the more the more people there are, quote unquote, above you, whose ire you do not want to draw. Right. Right. And so everybody is like, it's, it's, you know, there's, there's less certainty when when everyone has a set amount of vacation days. It's a leveler, especially when they have a rule like you can only carry over a certain amount because it's like, well, yeah. I've got to use them or lose them. And it's like it's company policy and everyone just understands and no one can stop you from taking that vacation time. If anything, managers are often incentivized to make you take your vacation time. Let, you know, and not allow it to accrue too much because they don't want you to carry over too much. And, you know, there's all sorts of like that system does lets everybody from the, you know, obviously the, the way that system works is the lower level employees get less vacation time. But aside from that typical, you know, uh, dichotomy in the hierarchy, at least everyone feels justified and can, you know, even if they have a jerky boss, say, look, I'm taking vacation. This is how many vacation days I have. And their boss can be a jerk about it and pinch every penny on the, you know, exactly how many hours you're taking off and what you're accruing and don't allow you to uh, take off time that you haven't yet accrued and all. Like, they can be super jerky about it, but what they can't do is stop you from using the vacation days you have as part of your employment. Whereas if it's just take whatever you want, as long as it's okay with your manager, they can essentially stop you by guilting you, by promoting somebody who took less vacation time than you, all sorts of terrible dynamics come into play. Yeah, I mean, it's also a little bit of the um, panopticon effect. Well, let, let me put it this way. I, I, would, I would bet you dimes and donuts that a, a good behavioral economist, provided they could come up with the right test structure, I, I am going to predict, my hypothesis would be, all other things being equal, that if you take these people who get 10 
business days off per year, let's say, or you take these people over here that have an undetermined amount that they just need to take at will or, you know, as needed. Um, I, I would hypothesize there's a pretty good chance, all of the things being equal, that the people who can take all they want generally, especially the lower they are, end up taking fewer than they would if they could. My basis for that is that all the people I know, including me in some places, were like, I, I feel, I feel bad about, not bad, but, but you know, people would rather have you working than not working. And that's the panopticon part is like, now you're kind of watching yourself because you know, there could be somebody watching you. And that's, that's the whole point of the panopticon is like, if there's a chance you're being watched, you will George Orwell yourself into the desired behavior. Cause you never know when the camera's on or the guard is looking. So, I mean, there's, there's that part of it. It just, it feels like there's more and more of this, like, uh, you know, well, here's a bowl of glitter that you can treat yourself to as uh, however, <laughs> whenever you get hungry, but don't eat it all. And uh, that's a long way from the sort of guaranteed contractual rights, privileges, and monies that people like my late grandfather received at his job, where like he knew the day he got hired pretty much what his whole plan was going to be if he stayed and retired there. It just, I don't know. I, there's something about it that feels not, not precisely oppressive, but is definitely not as freeing as it would have you believe. Yeah, and it's one of those policies like open offices uh, and, and uh, ping pong tables and beer in the fridge, for that matter, that are like a, you know, a win-win situation for uh, management, essentially, for company owners. Because you can take those things. Uh, an open office, look how great it is. It's a big, fun place. We're all in this together, right? Uh, you know, and we got the ping pong table and we got the beer in the fridge and vacation policy is whatever. Take the time you want. Those all sound like things that you can promote as perks. And all of them are incredibly energy efficient, money efficient. They're cost effective for management to do. It doesn't cost a lot to get a ping pong table and put some beer in the fridge. It, it costs less to jam people into an open office. And mm-hmm. as you said, when you give people a flexible vacation plan, studies have shown that people take less vacation. And so there you oh, go. Do you, do you, you get, know that to be true? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the general consensus among any anyone who's in out there in the working world is that those policies on average result and I bet what it does is that the higher ups end up, can end up taking more vacation and the lower down end up taking less for the reasons I just stated. And all of those things you can promote as a perk and someone might naively believe as an employee that it's going to be a perk, but they're all great for your bottom line. They save you money and they make people quote unquote more productive by making them work more and right, cost right. you less. It's also, it's also a little bit of a pig and a poke where like I, I joke with my, um, the landlord of my office whom I adore, I always joke about, you know, the days you want to show an apartment in my neighborhood, because if you show that apartment on the right day and you get that ocean view, uh, a little bit north of here, you can see the Golden Gate Bridge on that beautiful day. And it's, it's just so clean and clear and, and beautiful. But like the truth is it's, it's foggy and really cold a lot of the year where I live. That's the other benefit of this is when people come in the office and don't know any better, they go, oh, cool. I like beer sometimes. Like that, that's, that is, that's kind of a cool perk. There's one other angle to this, as long as I'm doing whatever I'm doing, you know, like imagine, so I, I hope the world has changed and I hope the workplace has changed, but I can tell you as somebody who is a rehabilitating jerk hole that I did very much look down my nose. When I was, when I was 22, 23, I looked way down my nose at anybody who had to pick up their kid, at anybody who decided to go home at 5.30, at people who weren't there, like idiotically working like through the night or showing up at 8 a.m. on Saturday because I loved the 
I'm sorry about the siren. Hmm. I loved the attention and praise that I got for being the first car in the parking lot in the morning and the last parking lot car to leave, right? And I was broken inside and I was young and I, I loved this, these, this, these monies that I was making. And I, was, I would be openly very critical of, wow, it must be nice just to get to go pick up your stupid three-year-old, which was awful. And now, now I know that. I know that's awful. But the truth is, and again, I hope this has gotten better, at that, that time, I mean, first of all, I don't know how much good it was doing me. I don't know how much extra income and benefits and stuff I got. I mean, I did get raises and bonuses, but like, I think that job topped out at, I want to say, 35 grand. And in some cases, I was working 80-hour weeks because that's who I wanted to be. And like, if you are somebody... And I'm thinking in particular of women here. Like, you need to be visible in the office. You need to be making relationships with people. You need to be, you know, in the same way that, like, you know, what if the guys go golfing or go to the steam room? That excludes a lot of people. And in the sense of, like, if you have domestic needs or healthcare needs or parent elder care needs, if you're, like, the kind of decent person that takes care of someone else and needs that flexibility, when you exercise that flexibility, in some places, you seem disloyal to the ethos of the team. At least it used to be. I don't know if that's still true. I'll bet there's places where that's still true. Yeah, it really does depend on who's implementing the policy. Um, but the, like these, these fads, these trends in how to run a business, they tend to just sweep across the industry, good companies and bad. Open offices are a good example. Uh, you know, Open offices can be made to work and they can be okay and you can have private rooms for when they're needed and people can be understanding or whatever. If you're in a good company, open offices are not necessarily the end of the world, but open offices mm -hmm. can also go terribly wrong. It all does is magnify whatever kind of company you're in. Same thing with the flexible vacation. I imagine there's lots of companies where the flexible vacation works exactly as the, the brochure says, where it really does give people more flexibility, especially smaller companies that don't want to keep track of that stuff and everyone just works it out. But, and then there are other places where it's, you know, it's just, it's a way to save money without letting people know the coronavirus stuff is, Another, it's not not that this was a, plan, a diabolical plan by management, but it's another reason you know people might not be taking as much vacation because they aren't going to travel. You know, for well, hopefully they aren't going to travel, right? For variety of reasons, so lots of vacation plans got canceled. And if you don't have vacation plans, maybe you don't take vacation. You know, so if mm -hmm. if I didn't have WWDC week or whatever, you don't. If you're just in your house all the time working from home, why would you ever take any time off? And I can tell you, right. I need I need some time off. Uh, you deserve it. You deserve it. I agree. Uh, wow, we have a we have a lot of content this week, John. Yeah. Do we, we say do we say everything we wanted to say? Do we say yeah. everything about that? You're gonna have a yeah, vacation. I think so. Yeah. We covered that. What Stop do you want to start? Follow up. Follow up. Follow up one. Yeah. All right. John. John has some big news about his house. Yeah, my faucet saga is in theory over now. I had a plumber <laughs> come to the house and installed the new faucet that I mentioned that I bought on the last show. The new faucet does not leak, and everybody is happy, I guess. The only wrinkle about the new faucet, which I didn't mention last time, I think, is that I wanted to get a, a quote-unquote good faucet, so it wouldn't, I wouldn't have the problems I have with the last one. The last one like got, I guess like it's like water gunk down into the, the mechanism, and it stops turning. Like it, at first, it became harder to turn, then it stops turning. Like minerals like, in the water. Exactly. Right. And then, you know, I don't know, it's just a bad design. If it was all metal construction, maybe that wouldn't happen. But there's plastic bushings in there that get bound up and whatever. It's a cheap faucet. Cheap-ish. 
Uh, so I wanted to get a nicer one to hopefully rent that. I also wanted to get one where there's less likely for water to get into it. I, we like the ones where you can pull out the faucet. Are you a fan of that old deal? The looks like the one you've got. Two things I like about yours. It's got that like almost like a hospital sort of like big swoopy thing. So you can put a big pot in there. What do you call that? It's like tall. I mean, that's 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 part of the design that keeps the water out. But I'm just saying in general, like where you can grab the end of the faucet and pull it out. And there's like oh, a I see. Rope. Like a like to rinse. Yeah, like it, when we were kids, you'd yeah, have the faucet and then you had the, the sink. Yeah. 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 We used to have the sprayer on the side, you know, when we were kids, you'd have the regular faucet, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. We still have a hole for ours. Yeah. Right. So our right now, our little hole where the sprayer should be is our soap dispenser. And modern faucets, the end of the faucet itself comes out and can be a sprayer. So, so we always like that. But but this one is, like you said, it's like a candy cane shape. Mm-hmm. So the, the thing that, the, that you pull out faces down. So it's very difficult for water to get up there, go over the top of the candy cane and get down to the mechanism. That's my theory anyway. That's why I picked this. And it's a very popular uh, style of faucet. But the other thing is I wanted to get, you know, again, try to get fancier, not to get the the cheapest possible one, but also not get the most expensive. I I did so much searching of different brands and costs and you? the super expensive ones. And yeah, I just, hmm. it's such a pain. Again, I couldn't go to a store and look at these things. So I had to kind of go blind by watching YouTube videos and stuff. I ended up picking a Fairly boring Delta faucet, uh, but they have this new line that has a fancier mechanism that supposedly resists leaking more than their less fancy mechanism. So I wanted to get the fancier, whatever, valve mechanism thingy because I figure, you know, it's like it's like getting the the second cheapest or whatever, the wire cutter <laughs> thing, right? I didn't want to get the cheapest. All of their sort of middle of the road to high end, quote unquote high end, as far as Delta even has high end stuff, has this fancier valve. So I wanted to get it. And then I ran into the same problem as the refrigerator with the water feature, right? Mm. Oh, so you don't want the literal bottom of the line thing? Well, guess what? You're getting a bunch of crap whether you like it or not. Oh, you get the trim package problem. Not just trim package. You know, you just be like, oh, you, you got to have water well, in like the if door. Like right if you want to get this thing, you can't have that thing. Yeah. Like with so, the different levels of cars. In, in Delta's line, the faucets anyway, this, I don't know. If you haven't shopped for a faucet, you may not know this. But the big thing now is touch sensitive faucets and also voice controlled faucets oh boy i bet that's worse than a water feature for you (laughs) yeah this is such a great uh (laughs) scam because if you look at least in the delta faucets you look at how they're done they just take an existing faucet and they just in the in the middle of the water line like it's like there's a mixing valve where the hot and the cold get mixed together and then they then the correctly selected temperature of water goes up and out through the faucet Mm -hmm. and in that line that already mixed water line they just shove a box in the middle of that line and and they put all the intelligence there. So if it's voice mm. controlled, there's a box with some electronics that listens for you and when you when it hears you, it lets water go through. If it's touch sensitive, that's the thing that also senses whether you're touching, right? So it's mm-hmm. a it's a very cost effective way to add to the price. Mm-hmm. Like that little box is probably not that expensive and they don't have to redesign their faucet at all. It doesn't need to do very much and you make it smart and add 50 bucks by just kind of shoving this little chip in there. Yeah, I don't even know if it's 50 bucks. Anyway, I could not get the the quote-unquote good valve mechanism without at least getting touch sensitivity. I was able to avoid the voice control, which I don't. I would not have bought it with the voice control because, <laughs> yeah, serenity now. Like, you can you, can you, you imagine couldn't live that? with yourself, could you? Can, can you imagine like someone speak? You know how many times like our various dinguses go off when they're not supposed to. Oh God! Can you yes. imagine one of those things turning on the water? No, thank you. Pass. <laughs> so it's so. I mean, and imagine <laughs> if like a kid pushed the faucet to the side 
and now it turns on the water and it's just going down the counter. No, 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 no. I know, I know, I know. Or like someone's watching TV and the faucet turns on. Can I ask in brief what the what the hailing process is like for a faucet like that? I don't know. Hmm. I don't I don't know what the keyword is. I hope it doesn't conflict with any children's names. I don't <laughs> I I did not look into it hey, any dong is hot water. Yeah, like imagine imagine you're watching a movie in the other room with the with like the volume up, and some word activates your faucet, but you don't hear it because you listen to a loud movie, and your kitchen is slowly filling with water. Mm. Anyway, so I had to get touch sensitive, and so now I have a touch sensitive faucet, and I have to say I don't hate it. Mm. I'm not sure if I like it. I mean, how's the rest of the family feel about touch sensitivity? surprisingly like neutral nobody flipped out about it hmm. no one thinks it's great but also i don't hear people you know because i do have an out i did research like if i hate this touch sensitive thing can i deal with it and yeah you can you could basically disable it mm-hmm. right so oh, i cool. could okay. do that if there was open revolt about the touch sensitivity or i hate it but no one has revolted i use the touch sensitivity there is a little bit of the uh the not trusting the computers like because the way the touch sensitivity works is you adjust the little you know whatever lever to adjust the hot and cold water like you mm-hmm. would in a regular faucet only it's on the side which i hate but anyway you adjust the temperature and then if you touch it like it activates the solenoid that's down in that at, at, that one. at the temperature you've chosen previously right. and, and so you just leave the handle there like the handle is in an on position so so but the water temperature is still uh forgive my french uh mechanical analog it's still yes. you're getting yes. the temperature you want by using your meat hands and then you re- by hitting that touch sensitive surface you're saying give me that Give that water. Yeah. Like, cause like I said, it's, it's retrofitting an existing faucet. All they do is take mm. the main water line and put a big box in the middle of it. Mm. That's it. Every mm-hmm. other part of the faucet is exactly the same, including the part that makes the water go on and off. And so all that to say is if you want to be able to walk up to the faucet and touch it and have it spray water, you have to have the handle in an on position. Cause if you have the handle in an off position, you can walk and tap it and nothing will happen. Basically mm-hmm. off is mechanically off. No water will flow when the handle is off. There isn't this because the electronics would be like, Hey, I'm opening the solenoid and it's pointless because there's no water flowing again. It's, it's just a retrofit type thing. So the question is at the end of the night, can you sleep knowing that your <laughs> handle is in the on position and the only thing stopping water from filling your kitchen is a solenoid. I can sleep. I have no problem. But other members of this household feel better if they go into the kitchen and go to sleep. Some people worry more about drips. Yeah, and push the handle all the way to the off position. So I'm, you know, we'll see how it works out. If, but like if I had a, if I had a, like a, a Japanese cooking knife or a, a butcher's cleaver and like even you could tell me as much as you want how strong the magnet is that's holding that from my ceiling for some reason. <laughs> no matter how strong that magnet is, I still don't, would not get enough convenience out of that to warrant the potential head wound. Yeah. Some, I don't like stuff like that. The, the good slash bad thing about it is that the touch sensitivity is just like it's I don't know, it's measuring resistance or something, but it's like any metal surface on the entire faucet works as touch sensitive. So, oh, in, so it's not just one little panel like on like my well, on like the usual sort of like swipe type things. Yeah, it's any metal surface. Oh, it's like the, a lamp. I yeah, get it. The, the, exactly. Okay. The, the lamps from the 80s. The, the handle, the the spout itself or whatever, they make the little uh, the little spray nozzle. That's plastic. So you can touch that and that obviously because mm. you'd have to take, you know, yank the little handle out and use the sprayer thing. That does not turn it on and off. But any other piece of metal on the entire faucet does it. Which is kind of nice because you can just go up and tap it anywhere or whatever. But mm-hmm. kind of bad in that if you decide to reposition the faucet, you may glance and touch the if you don't reposition it by the plastic part, it may turn off. Now, it tries to be smart because it's like a tap will turn it on and off. But if you grab the handle and move it and let go, it doesn't turn it off. Like that's like a long hmm. press, right? It, it tries to say it has to mm. be a quick tap on, tap off, right? So you can actually mm. 
grab metal parts and use them and let go and it will not count that as an activation anyway i so far so good uh you know obviously the the problem with these faucets is that the solenoids get filled with gunk so mm-hmm. like the, the plumber recommended if they ever tell us to flush our faucets because they're doing water work or whatever flush it from a bathroom faucet not this one because if you know and and basically no matter what you do eventually the solenoid will, will fail because of it filling with gunk and at that point you can either pay to get it replaced you're so menaced you're so menaced yeah, you can either pay to replace the solenoid or you can just have them take it out and just put it in a regular line to connect the two things together and aren't you also supposed to like turn on some kind of a drain on your house at the lowest point then you have to do something with wasn't there something when this happened before mm-hmm. they ran through? What did you have to do? You had to turn on some kind of like a release valve in your basement or something? They, they just want you to flush out the, you know, flush out all the gross water from whatever work they're doing. And yeah, there's all sorts of theories about the best way to do that. It rarely happens. But, you know, I, I you know, talk about the timer, timer on your oven or whatever. Start the timer on the solenoid under my sink. Yep. Uh, that, that'll be dead in about five years, but that's fine. I haven't given this a ton of thought, uh, and I, I really wish I had a good name for this, a clever name for this. But like, there's things like what you're describing here, which is like, you for this thing to have this added functionality and nominal convenience, you need to get it into a state uh, of open or on. And then you need to trust that the guts will not make that open or on turn into, in this case, a flood of water. There's a lot of stuff like that, really. I mean, if you think about the way most smart uh, bulbs work in order for them to work as um, designed is you have to leave that switch on. That doesn't bother me, but, but something like your, your faucet kind of would bother me. And I, I'm feeling like in the actual like convenience Olympics, I think there's a first round uh, first ballot hall of famer hall of famer, which is the, um, the toilet, the quiet closed toilet seat and lid. I know that's sold under different brand names, but if you've never had one of these in your house, Jiminy, you, because I'm thinking also about how like, okay, if somebody grows up in your house with that faucet, younger kids, they grew up and like, they're going to be confused why some faucets don't work like that, even though that's the unconventional one. The opposite here is that if you've been in a house with one of those kinds of toilet lids, <laughs> I have one at the office and we have one at our uh, house, our home. And um, boy, what a great technology because it does the opposite of that faucet. It's returning something to its proper resting state without any effort, rather than keeping something in that constantly open state, and then you close your eyes and think of England. I'm just here to tell you that that, that, that toilet seat's a wonder. Have you ever had one of those toilet seats? Those toilet seats make people into monsters, though, because mm. they train you that you don't have to support the seat as it goes down. Right, so that's, what I'm, saying, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You go over to someone else's house exactly. and slam, slam. I know, You're just, I know. You, you become a toilet seat slam. Right? Well, um, the problem like, with screen doors. Another problem with, uh, if you ever, uh, I know screen doors aren't in fashion like they used to be, but everybody's screen door is different. It's Anna Karenina, right? Mm-hmm. Some mini slam, and the mini do the, like, three gesture like uh, Zeno's paradox thing of getting closer until it closes. Shh, yeah, if they slam, you need to adjust your little piston thingies. Yep, piston thingies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think the these touch ones, it being a retrofit, the advantage is that you can adjust the temperature to the position you want and then just have an entire night of, of doing dishes going on, off, on, off. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's nice that you can touch it with like the back of your wrist like a surgeon or whatever and not, you know, get it all <laughs> germy and gross. Right, like, right. It, I think the, and because it's like a boring you know, uh, consumer company like Delta, this stuff is probably, aside from the solenoid clogging with gunk, it's probably pretty bulletproof mm-hmm. in terms of accidental activations, right? 
Mm-hmm. I feel like this is not some sort of fringe technology. Like I said, it's so common that I couldn't even avoid it if I got. Have you tried it with Daisy? Their, their, Have you had Daisy touch it? I think it would work, but now she can't reach that up, up huh. that high. She's a hmm. medium-sized dog. Hmm. She can't get up. She's a dog-shaped dog. Plus, she's a good girl. She wouldn't do that. She's such a sweetie pie. Um, the faucet, the toilet. I had an unusual experience this week, and mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit of a turns out. And I owe Wirecutter a provisional mini apology. I will not apologize for most of what Wire was most of what I had to say. But boy, this was a crazy one. The reason I mention it is because of you talking about like, how do you get, again, how many times have we talked about this with why you go to a friend or why you go to Wirecutter? Like, is there one of this thing that everybody gets? Is there one of these I should utterly avoid? Is there one of these where if I spend 10% more, I might get five more years of life out of it? That's what you really look for in a review is not just like, oh, tell me what the second cheapest one is. Tell me the one that's right for for me. Um, like, for example, when we got our kid a uke, um, I, uh, asked Jim Joe, Jim, Jim Boja about it. I was like, oh, my kids, uh, we want to get her like a decent uke. And, uh, and he was so helpful with that, gave us some parameters and said, I think this is the one that would work and it worked great. Cause I don't, I don't know how to determine how successful a ukulele can be in my home. I need that. The reason I mentioned here with your faucet is like, how do I get the one that's the good one? Like, and so like, I'm, uh, in a process right now where I need tripods. I'm doing things with video and lights and all these different things. And I'm, I'm trying all these configurations. I had a very nice FaceTime call with consulting producer Todd Vaziri today. He was extremely helpful in helping me look less like I'm, you know, in a holding cell. But but the thing is, I need, I need tripods. And so I got some tripods. And I had an old tripod. I had an old Targus. I'm talking here about camera tripods where you got the, like the shoe mount or the little screw mount. And um, anyhow, um, I got one that, uh, was the, like the Amazon basics, you know, and it was, it's fine. It's not very solid, but it's fine. Um, I got another one, uh, the name of which company escapes me, but it's great. It cost a little bit more. It's probably 20 some, 30 some bucks. And that's what I use for my, uh, key light on, on my desk. Um, but then I said, ha, huh, I wonder if I should just go check out wire cutter. At least I can point and laugh at how dumb they are. And they recommended this one tripod that was, to my surprise, more costly than I had been expecting. But it did everything I wanted to do and more. It got rave reviews. It was $140, which was way more than I expected to spend. But it had all the features that I wanted. And I thought, what the hell? I'll give it a try. I might as well get a feel for wh- whether it's valuable to have the nicer version of this thing. Because I'm guessing mostly not. It arrived. I love it. I love it so much. It's worth every nickel. It's one of those pieces of equipment, like I'm going to say, like a leather man, that's just a joy to use. You can tell it's just, it feels solid, you know? And, uh, and I, I was texting with Alex about it. Um, and cause, cause of the challenge for Dubai Friday this week is to get cube lights and use them. Although we both had cube lights anyway. And it's like, Hey, you're not going to believe this. I got the tripod that Wirecutter recommended and it rules. She said, what is it? I sent it to her. She says, that is the model that I purchased for us to use for video at work. How wild is that? That's what you're always hoping for. You're always hoping there's like oh, I know. one well-known model that everyone knows this is the good one. It doesn't cost too much. doesn't cost too little. It's sturdy. Like, you know, you're always, it's the MacBook, the 2011 MacBook Air of mm-hmm. uh, tripods. That's what you're always looking for. But what's interesting here then to take it to the other end of the spectrum, just to kind of uh, cross the T, 
Um, they said, um, oh, here is, if you really want the fancy one, here's one from B&H. If you're doing like serious video. And I was like, well, of course I'll click through and look at it. I was like, whoa. And it was like $599. But it's, it's, it's basically built like an aircraft, right? It's, it's for like doing fancy video stuff. But, you know, uh, on the one hand, you know what? I owe you an amends, Wirecutter. You, you uh, led me well. But I also do feel like this is really emblematic. This is a good anecdote that is emblematic of the thing we're always talking about, which is like, yeah, you know, maybe I don't even want to spend $140, but like I need somebody who can tell me, okay, that that one is going to be fine, but you know what's going to happen? The aluminum, the Amazon Basics one, what's going to happen? My guess would be uh, the aluminum is pretty thin and light and it will eventually bend and be hard to put the telescope legs back in would be one. I'll bet that the, I bet the ball, um, mount on this or whatever it's called. Like, I bet that's going to get weird over time and janky, um, all that kind of stuff. But I don't want to spend $600 or $5,000. I don't know. It just felt good. It felt good. I felt I was a little bit, um, I felt kind of crummy that I'd been mean to wire cutter, although they still frustrate me. I, I think I'm not entirely alone there, but, um, it's, um, I mean, I think their reviewers do a good job. I think what they ultimately choose feels a little bit editorially spun to me personally. Anyhow, um, so that's, that's my story. I love this. I love this. And I, I continue to think like the thing you really want is the person to tell you like, what is the good one that's in my budget? I, I, that's, that's kind of the side I want at this point. I thought the story you were going to tell was that you got the uh, clippers from Wirecutter, but uh, the hair clippers. But instead, I now fear that you use the cat clippers. Can you give us a clipper update? Well, we're not really up to we're not we're not really up to that part, except in, in as much as we kind of are. We totally are. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Burrow. You can learn more about Burrow right now by visiting burrow.com slash diffs. Friends, spring cleaning is a good time to think about exactly what you want in your space. It's a good time to review if everything is optimally functional. You know what should be functional? Your couch. Look it up. Time to update? Yep. New couch. Meet my friend Burrow. Hello, Burrow. Hello. Burrow offers unique features that you won't find in big box furniture store sofas or even other sofas you can get online. Perhaps things like, say, mm, built-in USB chargers. Yes, please. So your phone doesn't die while you lounge. They have durable fabric that's naturally scratch and stain resistant. You can pick your fabric color, leg finish, armrest style, and length. And you can even add a chaise lounge or ottoman or both. Woof, that's a lot of options. There are actually over 23,000 ways to customize your burrow. And you always get free one-week shipping and zero-interest financing. Burrow has just dropped their new solid wood, easy to hang wall shelves. And just like their couches, the new shelves are modular. So you can start with one and then add to it as you need more space. You can store books, knickknacks, everything that needs a place in your home. Put it on the shelf. Uh, you know, um, I was a fan of Burrow before they were even a, uh, a sponsor. I bought a Burrow couch with my very own money. It had been on our short list of possible couch purchases over the many years that it took us to buy a couch. We got it. I put it together and we haven't looked back. Now I sit my butt upon it every night. It's Burrow. So right now you go to burrow.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. That will get you $75 off your purchase. Plus you get the fast and free shipping. You want to see their site for details? You go to burrow.com slash diffs. B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash diffs. 
for $75 off your new couch. You are welcome. Our thanks to Burrow for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. So, to catch people up, uh, previously on Reconcilable Differences, um, I my hair's not the worst it's been. I did have like that one year where I like that includes about a year ago now, but I remember because on vacation, my hair was driving me crazy. I had almost an entire year without a haircut. I looked terrible. I finally got back on and I said, Judy, I'll be back. And of course I couldn't be back because Corona, my hair has been driving me crazy. I look terrible. And yes, I am. I do need to do some video things and I'd like to look less terrible. I'm not a vain man, but I also don't want to look like Nick Nolte, bless his heart. And so I've been saying to my family, I really want to cut my hair. I'm open to just shaving it all the way off. And so flash forward to last episode, when you and I talked, you were talking about the clipper that you got. And I said, all the clippers I see here are sold out. I am not going to buy it from eBay. Don't you think it would be fine to use the clippers that we use on the cat? And I think that's, I think that's where we left it. Mm-hmm. I begged. I pled. I pleaded it. I said, please. I said, family, real talk here. Like, you, you got to get me on this. Here's the thing. I absolve you. First of all, I absolve you from however this turns out, including my becoming even more of a grotesquerie and perhaps even including minor injuries. I will not forgive you if you, you know, cut my eye out or something. But listen, you are absolved. Just, I really, I need this. We talked about it, went around and around. I want you to cut me with the cat clippers, like your French girls. Eh, kind of just didn't happen. And then the other night, um, do you have any questions at this point? No, keep going. So the other night, you know, knowing what the answer was going to be, I was like, hey, who wants to cut my hair with the cat clippers? Who wants to shave daddy's head? Who wants to shave daddy? And my uh, my very special lady friend said, let's do it. I was like, really? You'll do that? <laughs> said, you know what? You know what, bucko? You know what? You know what? <laughs> All right. If I could shut your pie hole for six weeks <laughs> on this issue... Um, and suddenly now we're all very excited. So we got, we get the cat clippers. We make sure the cat clippers are charged up. The cat clippers have three guides. They've got a one, a two, and a three, which is terrific because the three is what I've been looking for. Is that, is that a cat one, a cat two, and a cat three? Like how do those translate to human numbers? I don't know. Dan Benjamin says there's an eight. I've never seen an eight. But is it, is it like, you know, they have like men's sizes and women's sizes and cat, cat guides and dog years. Yeah. Like are you going to trust the one, the, the cat guide that says two? Is that a cat too? You're overthinking this. You're overthinking this. Shave daddy. I want, I want it all off. I want it all off. And you know what? It was one of the best nights. We had so much fun. So, um, and of course, as uh, with any good project in my household, uh, my wife took over. She's like, all right, everybody out of my way. <laughs> and so she goes in the bathroom and she puts down a towel and she brings in the kitchen chair. And I'm sitting in the kitchen chair with a towel around me and my eyes are just below the level where I could see my eyes in the mirror. So basically all I can see is the top of my head. But you know what? I don't care because I let go and I let God. And I said, let's just, let's just do this thing. Oh, one, one proviso. This is in notes. We did watch one video of a guy from England uh, showing how to uh, use clippers. And she watched it almost all the way to the end. Those English barbers have good SEO because we were watching some videos as well. And we ended up in the, in the, uh, English, uh, British inflected barber channel. The guy with the white, the white jacket, dark hair. He introduces himself twice. That guy. 
it was a whole bunch of different people. Oh. It wasn't always the same person. One of them had like a big giant like millennial beard and handlebar mustache. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I might have seen him too. So anyway, long story short, this is very boring. But we went in there and I sat in the chair and then my family shaved me. They took turns shaving daddy and, and my wife. She, man, she was a, a soldier. She just flipped that thing on. She started, just like the Englishman with, with confidence and, and with vigor. And just come, come, come a little bit. And then, of course, my daughter can't wait to jump in. So she's jumping in. She's, she's shaving daddy. And my hand to God, John, it was about 12 minutes and I had a better haircut than I could possibly have imagined. And it was all because of cat clippers. Do you feel like a space monkey now? You mean like uh, 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 Tabby Mountain Dew? No, Lots Fight Club. They all, they all shave their heads. So they can be a uh, space monkeys. Oh, space monkeys make me very sad. I remember reading an SRA about the chimp Ham was his name. And, uh, and my friend Dennis, who, who it turned out was also a fan of Ham, one of the space monkeys. And Dennis goes, you know, they never came back, right? And well, I said, of course they came back. You got to, why would they? <laughs> they, they, re, they retired to a farm upstate. <laughs> He's gone back they, to his they, home. They look, they look back fondly at the photos of them in a rocket. <laughs> arf, arf. Um, yeah, so um, ham, SRAs. Um, did I feel like, no, what, but like, okay, so is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. There's still room to, to, uh, to do some stuff. I think what we're going to try next, now that we're successful at that, is do a kitty cat number two on the sides and try to get mm. a little bit of a fade. Oh my goodness, advanced. Because I need, I need to balance my head, John. I have a weird head. How do you feel having so little hair? Is this the least amount of hair you've ever had? No. no. The least amount of hair I've ever had. I, I shared this anecdote with a friend of mine on Twitter the other day, an African-American guy. The, the least amount of hair I ever had is when I sashayed into a 100% black barbershop in the Fillmore District. I walked in and I was like, ta-da, guess who's here? And it's like, you could hear the record, the arm across the record as everybody turns, like, Ooh. and I <laughs> sat down and started reading Jet, probably listening to my MP3 player, and uh, <laughs> I'll just wait here until one of these gentlemen's ready to give me, give me a trim. And so finally, he, the guy called me over and I got in the chair and it was, it felt weird. I mean, it felt weird to me because like I haven't hung out in a lot of black barbershops and as you'll see in a minute, they had not had a lot of white customers. And uh, anyway, to cut a long story short, he's, uh, he's, going, he's going real, real slow and real gentle. And like I was like, hmm, boy, he's really, it took like an hour. And at one point, I said something along the lines of, uh, so do you, um, you get many customers like me in here? And the guy goes, no, this is the first time I've ever tried to cut a white person's hair. I was like, oh, that's really that's cool. That's really awesome. And, and he literally said this, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but by the time he was done, because I guess it has to do with coarseness, thickness. There's all kinds of things. There's whole movies about black hair, some of which are quite good. But, um, but like this, this guy was such a freaking champion, such a hero. He really stuck with it. And uh, spent so long on it. But by the time I was done, I had, uh, especially in the back, but really pretty much all over, I had something close to, I don't know what your two-day beard is like or three-day beard, but like this, I had about that. 
Were you able to well, hear that? My demo? Could you hear that? I was. I was able to hear it. Well, at least it grows back. Yeah. I mean, so I guess you're. Then, then <laughs> that it's was not the, the shortest. First time. 1999, and God bless that man in the Fillmore District for for being so cool with me when he could have just said, you know, that's not really a thing we do here, and it's kind of weird that you're here. Yeah, and so you get to enjoy the, you know, getting out of the shower and hair being instantly dry, not having to worry about combing, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Right? So it is a three all over. It's um, and uh, we 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 couldn't quite do the the Phil Colson look because he and I have different hair amounts and placement that we're working with. Um, but um, but uh, you know, it's so funny. And, and I tweeted about this, and there was a fun thread of people helping me guess what Phil Colson's haircut numbers were. And it was really cool. People were really nice. And, but like, especially after I posted those photos of the haircut process, which I will put in notes, um, a lot of people were like, I did that last week and I'm never going back. And more people are like, oh yeah, this is, this, it's insane to go somewhere and get a haircut if we could just do this at home in a few minutes. It's like, you know what I mean? It's one of those things. And I, I don't know if that's going to be true because I would that's like not to, a particularly fashion conscious thing to say. But yes, for, for people who definitely like me who don't make any real effort to look fashionable ever, it's all about practicality and convenience. Yes. And so the, the thought technology of being able to do it for yourself in less time and be even more convenient is attractive, even if we ourselves are not. Well, okay, attractive. but here's—I mean, everybody's different, and uh, but like, do you remember that we did that Dubai Friday challenge where uh, make a make a protein centric easy breakfast, and I did the John Roderick thing of like beating an egg in a um, in a mug with butter and a little bit of stuff, and you cook a little bit, stir a little bit, cook some more. The entire thing takes end to end maybe two minutes for the entire thing. Now, like, is that the fanciest breakfast I could make for myself? It is not, but. It is so fast. It fills me up. It's uh, it's yum yum good in my tummy. And then when I'm done, all I have to wash is a fork and a mug. Do you know? Yep, it's the uh, old bachelor practicality. But you know, I mean, I what I'm saying is like I'm not I'm not criticizing anybody who chooses differently. It's just that mm -hmm. I go through all this agita because my my operator operates very close to where I live, like. You've walked by it, okay? Mm -hmm. Like you, you, you. I might have even pointed it out to you. It is an eye shot of where your family and I hung out that day. It's very close, and um, but like I put it off and I put it off and I put it off, and then of course because I'm me, hello, I feel bad about how I'm putting it off, and then by the time I go, it's like it's been twelve weeks, not six weeks. I'm just really attracted to the idea that like somebody could grab the cat clippers and just shave me all the way down. Boom. Oh, and also, uh, did I send you my kid? I sent you that. We, uh, my wife also I did, did my see kids. that. Yeah, shaved my reshaved my kids' sides. Is that I don't know. I don't know the terminology. Would you call that an undercut, or is that a different thing? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. It's um, what is it? It's uh, it's just that she has this. She has an awesome haircut. Like my kid got a transformative haircut, and she's been loving it for months. And it's got a cool shape. We were watching Shark Tank tonight. Think about Barbara Corcoran. Not the color of her hair, but kind of the shape. <laughs> I don't know who that is. How do you not know? Are you kidding? She's one Shark of the most successful Tank. The only thing I know about Shark Tank is what I've heard from you. Huh. You don't watch Shark Tank at all? You've never seen the Sullivan Generator? <laughs> no. I, okay, I mean, I think the most I've ever seen it has been like whoever puts funny clips on Twitter. Oh. I'm, I'm aware of it. I know the deal. No, but no Sullivan Generator. I'll find it for you. I'll put it in notes. Um, no, my kid, um, her, her haircut has become more successful again. Uh, because part of the effect is that it's shaved pretty short on both sides. 
anyway, um, that is what we're doing with the Cat Clipper. Uh, two thumbs up, uh, as John Syracuse would say. And yes, you're right. Getting in the shower, feeling the hotter, more direct water. There's all the little things that are different, right? Like when I take a hat off, it's like, because oh, I'm a hat guy. I take off my cap and it's like, ooh, ooh, this feels good. It's like I feel air and things like that. I take my little, like, my little spooge of Neutrogena, get that on there. Woof, feels good. <laughs> The Neutrogena, what is that? Is that hair product? I don't know. Neutrogena uh, clarifying shampoo. It smells like uh, it smells like my uh, my Got senior it. year okay. girlfriend. So it's not it's not product. It's uh, it no, is no, like shampoo. The actual washing of your tiny little. It's hairs. the washing of the tiny hairs. Yes, yes. Mm. And then uh, and then I have um, I have some uh, I have some soap and whatnot. But yeah, no, I love it. Now, if I could ask, you were as of last two weeks ago in receipt of a wall fancy clipper that you apparently bought on ebay what's uh what's going on with that so the uh the top of my head uh historical commission has rejected plans to shave <laughs> <laughs> they uh they denied your application <laughs> yeah so the, the here's the bargain we're at so far my wife said she does not want my head to be shaved uh she doesn't obviously she'd I wasn't going to try to do it myself. I was going to have her do it because I figured if I tried to do it myself, I can't really see the back and everything like that. Yeah. But she said, I don't I don't want you. In the beginning, she was like, oh, you know, whatever. Do whatever you want. That's fine. We'll shave your head if you want. But then when I actually got the clippers, she was like, actually, no, don't do that. So I'm like, well, we got to do something. So and everything was like, Let, I, I want to try cutting your hair. So like snip snip. Yeah. OK, so we're going to we're going to try that. Um, mm. You know, and I was like, well, OK, mm. fine. But like you can actually screw up cutting my hair in a way that makes it even after I shave it, it might be a problem. Like if you got super close, I could end up having a bald spot. If even if after I shave it or whatever, mm-hmm. there's no guides when you got scissors. I mean, you can use a guide or use a comb, but you still really got to know what you're doing with those things. Yeah. So I've been encouraging her to watch some videos. Cause again, I can't really cut my own hair. I'm not John Roderick. So she's, she's watching some videos and like the, the whole deal is she's going to take a swing at it. Uh, try try cutting she's again she's not only has she never cut someone's hair before i don't think she's ever seen uh you know someone cut my hair or a haircut like mine so and you're just so we're clear yours is pretty wiry pretty thick eh, no not as much as you have italian like, hair you're always talking about your hair like, yeah well so i used to be when i was a kid yeah you know, mm-hmm. very very thick hair but you know you get old you get male pattern baldness your hair thins out on top I but the hairs bald. you ha- i'm saying the hairs that you have are thick eh, no, they're, right. they're they're in the middle of the road. Like right. I don't, they're not as fine as my wife. She has finer hair than than I do, but they're not super duper thick. Again, especially from the from the thing out. So, I've always wanted to shave my head for the, all the reasons we just talked about. Like I, you know, I'm, I've been afraid that I would look terrible, but in this time when I don't need to see anybody, it's a perfect opportunity to try it. And I like the convenience. And the same mm-hmm. thing with men. When men go bald, eventually they get to that point where they shave their heads, right? So I'm slowly going bald, and I'm, I'm like, is it is it my time to eventually shave my head? Lots of people go through the transition, and it seems great. Like we know a lot of people who've done that. I talked to I talked to Alex about it on behalf of both my kid and me, and, and they said, you know, at some point in your life, you should do it. And I was like, hmm, you probably bring, probably should. Yeah. yeah, I just I do worry about the shape of my head in the same way that I know going from a quote unquote three all over to any other haircut is going to be a logarithmic increase in difficulty at getting it right. In that same way, going from a three down to bald, woof, 
I mean, I, I can feel divots. My wife insists that she cannot feel divots or holes in my head. I'm pretty sure I have dents. My no, cousin did hit me with a nine iron. My cousin hit me with a nine iron in 1976. You don't have to, the dents aren't what you worry about. No. When, like, maybe that's what you're concerned about, but I think the larger issue, like dents, dents go away like from a distance. It's not a big deal. It's like the overall head shape. That you can't hide. You know, sometimes mm. you just don't know what you're dealing with yeah. down there. Like, yep, just yep, like yep. The, the, the silhouette, the outline, like what's going on under all that hair. So the hair hides a lot of that stuff. The details don't matter. It's just... It's like Trump's overcoat, you know? Like, like maybe when you shave, it, some, it'll look like... Where's the top of your head? Or maybe you'll have like the alien thing, like, you know, from the movie, the Ridley Scott movie, like where the back of your head goes out 20 miles. So like, maybe you never noticed that before, but suddenly you shave it. You're like, oh my goodness, I didn't even know that was under there. Right. So, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe you'll, maybe you'll just look like a, you know, again, alien. You look like someone from Alien 3. You look like a prisoner. Anyway. So yeah. apparently I'm, my only chance of getting my head shaved is if my wife attempts the haircut and it goes terribly wrong and we need to nuke it from orbit. This is an all alien reference show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I kind of look like I'm in Aliens 3, don't I? You saw a photo. Yeah. Who do you think? Do you think I'd look more like a Kubrick character? Um, somebody in the Alien 3 is the prison one, right? Mm-hmm. And then what was the other one I suggested? Oh, that I thought I looked a little bit like, um, maybe a little bit like, just because of my dumbstruck expression, a little bit like Leon from Blade Runner. Like, who do you, who do you think I look like now? I got a big jaw. Oh, no. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. No, yeah. your head shape is fine. I think I don't know. You should send Thank me another you. picture. I, I just saw those few pictures you saw. I think I think you're fine, and especially okay. because your sort of failure mode is the crazy hair, like you said, Nick Nolte, mm-hmm. and now you've just nipped that in the bud. You're not going to have that look with yeah that and shaving. I feel like do. Kind I mean, of you go. can also combing will also solve that. <laughs> issue, cool, cool, I don't, we don't want to ask cool, too much. Cool. Yeah, I can't find the photo I sent to Todd when he was helping me with my setup. Oh yeah, this is all, a terrible also, photo. Also a head shaver. Who that? Todd. Did he do it? I didn't notice it. I was looking at him today. No, that's just his normal haircut. He's always got oh, his okay. hair buzzed very... I've never seen Todd with long hair, have you? Mm, no, I think not even in old photos. See, you don't even you don't even think about it. People who just like, if you meet them and they're a head shaving person, you just always picture them that way. But, okay, so you know. the other night, my, my kid and I had this new kind of bad summertime ritual is we stay up a little bit too late watching stuff together. Often stuff that, you know, we don't talk so much to mom about, but, but, but mom knows we've been watching Drag Race and uh, we were watching Drag Race and I was like, see, now look at that fella. Look at that guy. If I had a head like that, Jiminy Christmas, you ever seen RuPaul's head? He has an extraordinary head. Hmm. And so it's so shiny and so smooth and kind of like a Patrick Stewart, but even more so when Mike comes to a little bit of a point and he looks wise. I don't think I have that. I th- I think I look like somebody hit me with a skillet, probably. Are you looking at the Sullivan generator? I'm looking at RuPaul's head. Yeah. Oh. It's a nice, it's got a nice, uh, nice shape. The uh, Sullivan generator was pitched on Shark Tank a few years ago, <laughs> and its inventor, Mark Sullivan, who also writes songs and makes denim clothing for women, pitched this because um, basically you use the Coriolis effect uh, to generate uh, things like gold out of seawater. It's called the uh, Sullivan Generator. Is this, is this a, a perpetual motion machine? Did they have a perpetual motion machine on No, there's no perpetual motion machines. No, no, no. This is a perpetual money machine, my friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, also, he also writes songs and makes uh, designs denim clothing for women. It is one of the great episodes. It is one of the great... Oh, you also got Blondie's Cookies is in that episode. I'm doing this from memory, by the way. I think I've seen the Blondie's Cookies one. Yeah, Blondie. Yeah, well, you know, she had the business in Florida and the business in Kansas and grew a little bit too fast. And then what was the other one in that episode? I'm, I'm going to put on your homework list. 
It, this looks like a uterus, doesn't it? It kind of looks like a uterus a little. Don't put Shark Tank on my homework list. What are you doing? What? What's wrong with that? I don't want to watch Shark Tank. It's only like a half hour. He's fine. Barbara Corcoran is one of the most <sighs> successful real estate uh, vendors <laughs> in New York City. They say so right on the show. Mark mm-hmm. Cuban, the... Uh, the I the, know who Mark Cuban is. Okay. You know about Mr. Wonderful? All roads lead back to Mr. Wonderful. Mm. No? Okay. You get uh, Damon. Damon. You got uh, you got Mark. You got uh, it's 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 a good group. And people come in. And they say, "Hey, sharks." I know. I know what they say. And they cry a little bit and talk about their father's legacy. And <laughs> and you know what? You're never you're never going to meet anybody who works harder than I do. I want it. I want it. We had a problem with our co-packer. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I made hundred thousand dollars in debt. My co-packer. Be, guys, listen. Be careful who you pick to be your co-packer. That's all I'm going to say about that. Co-packer? Co-packer. You need a co-packer. Co-packer. What What are they, they pack. packing? They're packers. They pack. What are they packing, though? Whatever you make. But then the other thing is, like, this lady tonight, excuse me, not this lady, this gentleman tonight, lady tonight, gentleman tonight, in a, <laughs> in, in a jacket with post-it notes on it, he had a problem, because guess what happens? Oopsie-doopsie, he was all being manufactured in China, and they quote-unquote <laughs> lost the mold and 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 then uh and uh um it wasn't barbara who was it that said this it was uh it was one of them said you know they don't just lose mold they stole your molds and he has to make his molds over because he he the thing is 255 million trees a year are used on sticky brand ish notes and he's going to change that with his magnets again with the magnets it's a really good show you should check it out it's produced by mark burnett who seems like a really interesting guy um, do you think this isn't the Sullivan generator? Is it a uterus I'm thinking of? It looks like an inverted. Uterus. I didn't. I, I I found links, but I didn't find an image. You have an image you can send me? Uh, it's in uh, text. Oh. Mm. I don't even. I'm not even running messages. I you can tell it. this is a scientist system for employing the Coriolis effect. Oh, for that's the, yeah, that's totally uh, you know, a uterus and ovaries. But it's also got a dongus. It's got it's got a uterus and a dongus. It's mm-hmm. like uh, it's like Hedwig or something. Okay, um, should we move on? What are we moving on to? Wow, that picture. You're, you've got a, you look so Irish in that picture. God, I, oh my God, I do. You I look like everyone in my neighborhood who's not Chinese. You should, you should be in a bar way too late. Oh yeah. And I could talk about how I have, I have a lot of black friends, but still. No, you could, you know, I mean like you, you could go to Ireland right now. Mm-hmm. Slight change in outfit, and just walk down the street with that frown on your face, and you'll fit right. You'll you'll fit right in. Hello, my name is O'Connor O'Connor, and it's very nice to meet you. Wow, I, you've never looked more Irish in your entire life. It's, well, it's the facial expression more than the haircut. Yeah, never got my furniture. <laughs> You're not gonna do it. Once? I can't do it. Only you do can it. do it. No, no, you do it. Yeah, like yours. Do it. And she's got the nose ring. Ah, beautiful pine furniture. And I says to her, I says, <laughs> never got me beautiful pine furniture. Oh. Um, okay, well, let's get back to the dock. I'm going to close this uterus. That is not cool. Shark Tank closing. Ecamm got that. Pre-ordered the new, um, oh, did you see that new dingus from, uh, from our boys over at uh, Studio Neat? The hub? I didn't. They have, a, they have a new dingus? They got a new dingus. It's cool. I ordered it today. Um, okay, so enough of this wallowing in hypocrisy. We're back to uh, E133 of your Reconcilable Differences program. Uh, we can skip return and enter keys. 
I mean, did, the, the, did you learn the answer? I mean, I, I, I looked around, of course, I looked at Wikipedia, I read some blog posts. So my question was like, what is the actual difference between a return and an enter key? What prompted this? Um, well, I was thinking about how I, this is a classic middle-aged guy problem where I, I know at various points in the past, I've hit return or enter key. Let's just say 90, well over 99% of the time, they're identical in what they do which is, based on the context of the mode, it either says, okay, make it so, or it adds a new line, right? So I was just, I was just kind of pondering that. Like, why, do, why is that different? Why, is it, why does England have, I think England has only the enter key. Used to be we had only the enter key. The enter key apparently arose out of the need of um, like data entry people. But, and I think the explanation, God, well, I'm going to regret saying this, email John. I believe it is that the, in any ambiguous context, the difference would be that return enters a new line character. Is that what you call it? A new line character character in the buffer. It makes a new line. And then yeah, and then enter makes the thing, makes a thing happen. Um, there's a name for that. I'm just curious because it seems like maybe I should ask uh maybe I should ask um Steven. I bet he would know. I don't have anything to add to this because I don't know the history behind return and enter. But the one bit I can add that you may not have run across in your travels is the fun, uh, like it's related to return and enter somewhat, maybe kind of sort of the Wikipedia page on this wasn't great. Um, But, you know, you know, typewriters, right? Back in the day, actual typewriters. Mm -hmm. Uh, And two things happen on or anything that where there's paper going through, right? Two things happen with paper that's going through, not just typewriters, but even sort of automated ones like there were, you know, teletype machines, right? Mm -hmm. Um, What has to happen when you get to the end of a line is you need the paper to go up a line. Mm-hmm. And then you right? return the carriage to the home position. And you need the little thing that's doing the writing to go way back to the left. That's yes. two different things that happen. Uh, and those there are names for those two, given given names on when for teletype machines. One was carriage return, or CR, mm-hmm. which is the little thing returning to the left edge. You'd write, you'd write it goes all on the right, 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 and you hit the right edge. Right? I've, I've seen the, um, I've seen the not, not emoji, but the little symbol for that. Uh, carriage return. And then the other one is line feed, which is feed some more paper out so we go to the next line. Oh. Uh, and okay. in in the ASCII, you know, ASCII codes, uh, there those are two separate characters. One is carriage return and one is line feed. Okay. Uh, and, in, and you can see them doing two different things. On actual mechanical teletype machines, you would need to emit a carriage return and a line feed to start writing the next line. Because if you just did a line feed... The paper would go up, but you'd still be at the red edge. And if you just did a carriage return, you'd be writing over the line you already wrote. Whoa. Right? Yeah. So when computers came, like on a computer screen, there's no actual paper and there's no carriage to return. And like, it doesn't really make any sense. But computer makers had to decide if you're making a file filled with text and it's like, you know, you write the quick round frocks, blah, blah, blah. You get to the end of the line. What in the text file is after, you know the lazy and you got to put dog on the next line after that. Why, mm-hmm. what do you insert into the file to indicate that it's the end of this line and we're starting a new one. And here is ASCII with these characters for carriage return and line feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, computers being computers back in the day, people made different choices. So the Mac uh, chose to do, Oh uh, no, I'll start with windows, windows and DOS and all those things chose to do carriage return line feed. Because, you know, 
mm-hmm. return, return, go back, you know, unless so they would insert a CR and an LF, two bytes. Uh, the Mac chose to do just CR. I'm going off the top of my head. Forgive me if I get these wrong, but it doesn't really matter for, for illustrative purposes. So they just do character return, but no line feed, right? Mm-hmm. And then Unix chose to do just line feed. Just line feed. Right. So at the end, if, if you have a quote-unquote Mac text file after the Y and lazy, mm-hmm. but before the D and dog on the next line, you just have carriage, the carriage return characters, like ASCII code octal 15 or whatever. And not, and not because it would overflow in the way that a typewriter would, but because you would prefer that be on a new line. You just have to make a pick. Like, it doesn't actually make any difference. You just need, like, your computer needs to interpret that as meaning the end of the line. Your, so, your computer's going to interpret that every line in the buffer goes on forever unless there's yeah. a character that says you to break to the line. You have to know where the lines are broken up. Like, say you're writing a poem and you want to break the lines at a certain point. You have to actually... Most GUI text editors, and when I use them, I generally set them to be just, just you know, I could say break at 66 or whatever, but I usually just say break at window width. Or if I'm in a writing app like MVLT, I always say break at like 600 pixels or something like that. But the the actual lines in there, I think it's it's the BR that's causing it to the the implied BR that's making the break. Yeah, that's just soft wrap. There's no actual yeah, character right. there breaking it. But like, think of like a poem or something where you have to put in the breaks, right? Yes, so yes. You forget about the width, right? So you had the options. You had the CR and LF and ASCII, and you had three different vendors, basically, three different worlds, Unix, Windows, and the Mac, and they made three different choices. One picked just CR, one picked just LF, one picked CR, LF. Nobody picked LF, CR, because that doesn't make any sense because that doesn't even have an analog. But someone could have picked LF, CR, and that, they would have covered every possible combination of two <laughs> things, right? Um, so if you ever see something that says, uh, is this a Unix text file or a Max text file? Or does it have Unix line breaks or Mac line breaks or DOS slash Windows line breaks? That's what they mean. Windows is CRLF, Unix is LF, and Mac is CR. I'm I'm suddenly having a flashback, and I don't know what it's from. I want to say BB Edit, but now I'm suddenly remember the the bad old days. I'm remembering the different encodings of Windows versus um that's Mac. the encoding is different well i know right, i know but here's what i'm trying encodings. to say is like you could download something that looked good in whatever you whatever place you were looking at it but then when you download it and open it somewhere else you discover there's all this all this junk in it and i have, i feel like i'm remembering a way in bb edit to say remove lfs and crs there mm-hmm. was some app i used to use that would clean that stuff up when i got a weird windows file yeah, BB Edit and any modern text editor will just figure out, oh, this, this has CRs, oh, this is LFs or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, and so this gets back to return and enter. I thought the difference might be before I'd ever looked this up, not knowing anything. I'm like, oh, maybe return was supposed to do t- carriage return and enter was supposed to do line fee. But that from my two seconds of looking at the Wikipedia page, it doesn't appear to be the case. And what you described is basically it that enter was to enter, to tell the computer, take what I've just entered in this command buffer and send it down the line to the computer that's on the other end of this terminal. And return was essentially CRLF. It, regardless of what it actually sent, it would do a character return and it would do a line feed. Um, do, you, do you remember though, like, what was it called? Was it the, did people call them, I want to say gremlins? But like, yep. but like when gremlins I would get, so I would get stuck, what was it? Was, there was two, it was something in gremlins. Zap gremlins. Oh. the command. It's still in BB oh, okay. But like, I, well, I would get, so my job for, uh, before I did web stuff was more often Mac graphics programs, uh, eventually Quark, but initially PageMaker. And I remember with Quark in particular, it was pretty picky at, well, I don't know if it was picky or just too kind about accepting whatever came into it. But you have, yeah, you have to go and zap gremlins. You got to make sure you got the right, are you whatever UTF or ISO or whatever the right one of those is. 
And like, it used to be such a, a battle because people always sort of, I guess someone understandably felt like, well, the production guy will take care of this. As long as I just, you know, squirt this thing out of Microsoft Word, I'm sure it'll be great. You know, regardless of what version of Microsoft Word. I forgot about that. That used to be a real pain in the butt. And, and because many of the characters were invisible, you wouldn't know. But when they were visible, boy, it would look so insane. It would look like you'd gone to yaytext.com and just decided to screw something up real good. And back in the really small computer days, CRLF uh, took one extra byte per line than either CR or LF alone. That adds so up. If, you, if, that you were adds to, yeah, if you were trying to fit it on your floppy disk and you had a novel uh, mm-hmm. or a novel of poetry, I don't know, with hard line breaks in it or something, <laughs> it doesn't really make much sense. Anyway, um, uh, I don't know what got you on the return and enter thing, but it made me think about uh, CRLF. And we, we don't think about it these days mostly because the quote unquote Mac way. Sort of, mm. it was classic Mac OS, and now that Mac runs Unix, basically uses uh, Unix line feeds uh, mm-hmm. and you know LF and all the files. Um, and then Windows, I'm not sure what they do over in Windows. They probably stick with CRLF, but any decent editor can understand both. So it was not an issue. But I would imagine that if you looked at all the source code on like on like GitHub or whatever, it's all just line feeds at the end of the lines, mm-hmm. and you won't see it. Not a lot of CRLFs or a lot of CRs. Do people still argue about um, spaces and tabs? They sure do. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. I don't know why, but they do. Yeah, it seems like you can automate a lot of that. Or, you know, just have ways when you check something in or out it. I don't know. What do I know? Exactly. It doesn't have to be like this. You know, Freud had a term for this. What um what do you want to talk about now? Where what, what even are we talking about here? Return and enter. Oh, the only thing I had to say about my terrible echo wall clock in in um follow over. <laughs> from last mm-hmm, week mm-hmm. is I I I think I sent you a photo of my did I, did I tell you about the echo clock and it's it's the asterisk on the echo clock. A, a lot of people told me about the echo clock and I might have even tried to buy it if A, I hadn't already ordered my clock by that time and B, you hadn't immediately said, oh my God, my echo clock is terrible. So well, it, tell me, okay, tell I'll, me I'll, how it's terrible. I'll, yeah, I'll be super quick about it. But like there's, um, there's a thing that I get frustrated with in the world of Apple. And, and the way I would portray that frustration is um, well, sometimes I'll say something like, you know, I have a feeling I use my Apple TV, my family uses our Apple TV a l- more than the people who worked on the team that made it. I can't prove that, but that that's a guess I've had, you know, um, like I've also said, you know, pretty much uh, all software or hardware will work great as long as you don't use it. <laughs> if you do use it and you use it a lot, a lot, a lot, you start to, you start to discover maybe corner cases, um, edge cases, but like odd situations where you're like, well, obviously, you know, like the way, for example, the way you want your photo app to work, you have a very particular idea that I think is totally sane about how you want to use it. And when you try to do anything that requires even the most model, modest level of scale, it's frustrating because you have to do so many clickety click clicks to go add stars to this or whatever, right? I, that's a pretty, pretty common beef. But the, the thesis statement being that like for certain kinds of products, if I got into this 10 times more than you expected me to, whether that's my Apple TV or whether that's the Apple ecosystem, if, I'm, if I got 10 times more into this, if I relied on this 10 times more, if I spent 10 times more, all of that, like would my experience of this integrated suite of hardware, software, services, would my experience be better or worse than somebody who's using it one-tenth as much as me? Just as a hypothetical. Because like, for example, like there's all kinds of examples of this. If you bought five movies from Apple, you don't really need that much organizational mojo. You could just go in and say, show me kids' movies. Well, here's two of those. Show me action and adventure. Here's one of those. You follow so far? 
But like, if you were the kind of person who had, let's say for the sake of argument, several hundred movies, it can be a real pain. Um, and Siri helps. But what's clear from looking at that, at the page of the movies you've bought, what's clear by looking at, at times inside the music app, what's clear in so many of these things is contacts, right? Uh, if I use this 10 times more or love it 10 times more than somebody else, will my experience be 10 times better? And the short answer is very, very rarely. So what does it have to do with Amazon? I'm, I'm not, I won't say all in on Amazon, but the Amazon family of um, uh, Dingus products is something I use and have. And I, I like keeping up with it. I like seeing the best one of these that's out now. It, I am a hobbyist and a very, um, I don't know, fairly expert hobbyist. I use a lot of routines to do stuff like, you know, run my house or to like when I'm leaving the office, it turns everything off and turns my alarm on. I automate a lot of that through routines. So, you know, what I'm trying to get at is if you're a super fan of a platform, it is not very cool when you have products you add to the platform that necessarily remove some of the functionality of that platform or ecosystem. So, so you get this clock. And really all it is is a very cheap clock with uh, 60 little LEDs that can reflect, I believe, alarms, timers, countdowns. So like, it's kind of cool though. You say like, okay, I got to, um, you know, I, hey, Dingus, remind me to record with John at, you know, uh, 6.29 p.m. And... So you say that into the, the, into the speaker that's paired with your clock, and then that shows up. But then maybe it doesn't show up. Well, why didn't it show up? Well, let's go troubleshoot. Let's go in and look. You know about, about speaker groups, how you can have multiple? It's, this goes for lots of things. So you could do this with HomePods. But like, for example, you can, have, you can create groups of your various Echo devices and then say, play music on this group, right? Nope, I'm, I'm familiar. Okay, so, so I've done that. So at my office... Um, where I have, I have three of these, that family of products, I have a group and it makes it really easy to just throw to that or to just say, Hey Dingus, what do I say? Say, I say, Hey Dingus, play dinosaur junior, um, on office speakers or whatever. And it, and it's really, it's good enough when it's multiple speakers, you don't have to crank it up real loud. This is such a long walk for such a disappointing, uh, destination. And you guys, you know what I discovered? You cannot pair your Echo Clock with an Amazon voice device that's part of a speaker group. That seems like a weird limitation. Why would it care? That's a really good question. They must have their reasons. But that's the kind of thing that's like, huh, all right. That's sort of weird. Or like, let's be really first, first worlders for a second. Anybody out there got more than one of these? Yes, I know some of you do. Um, I have several. And I've given them different hailing names so they don't get confused because it does have that ability to guess or interpret which one it thinks you're talking to. But sometimes you really want to disambiguate them if it's in a fairly, fairly small area. You know what I mean? But like, you know, <laughs> a lot of that stuff just is not going to scale up to, um, to having a ton of these. Like when you get a lot of tiles, you get into these weird cases. I don't know what's going to happen with the Apple device like that for finding stuff. I'll stop rambling now. Do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I guess it goes without saying that the clock itself does not have a microphone or speaker or any smarts in it, so it can't do this itself. It has to be paired with another dingus somewhere in your house. Yes. 
Yeah, that seems like a, a wasted opportunity because if you're getting someone to buy this thing, it's pretty big Like, because you want a clock to be big enough for you to see. And uh-huh. it does have a big surface from which to emit sound. Like a whole clock face could be a big diaphragm. So we could, and it has lots of places to put microphones in mm-hmm. a big, you know, radius where it could do the good beam forming and all. Like it would seem like a perfect, and it's stuck on a wall, which is probably better sonically Absolute than higher perhaps, up, yeah, uh, than like shoved on a table behind a lamp or something. So it seems kind of weird that it doesn't have the smarts in it. But anyway, if it's not going to have the smarts, it's just going to be cheap and defer to some other smart device. Limitations on what it can pair with and stuff is all just. Sounds like a hassle. So it's my understanding that it's the so the marquee feature of this clock is that it has the LEDs to show countdowns. Otherwise, it's just a cheap clock, right? But it's like it's kind of strange that I, I'm not really sure I understand why the ability to display that as lights has anything to do with. There must be a, there must be a yeah, reason. Well, and I would want to yeah. I was envisioning it talking to me like I'd be in the kitchen and go, "Hey, Dingus, set a rice timer for ten minutes," and I'd see the little dots go, and then when it elapses, yes. I would expect the I would expect the clock to say to me, "Oh, by the way, your rice is ready." Have you seen the Echo Flex? I think this is fairly new. <laughs> uh, they're gonna just taking out that uh, thesaurus and coming up with Echo insert word here. Oh. <laughs> Uh, it's like my uh, theory about the word prescription. If you put the word pre- prescription in front of any noun, it makes it funny. Yeah. Echo flex. Because uh... this is just to say, to your point, no. I mean, it's not difficult to fit a little microphone into something. Maybe it's because it's battery powered. So the Echo flex basically mm. is, a, is a dingus you plug into the wall. And it's, I think, really just the speaker. And I mean, it's, it's very modest. It's like a sub dot level of quality. Plug in mini smart speaker with Alexa. But it seems like the same size as the dot, except it doesn't have a cord because it plugs right in. They have a new dot now that shows time on it. Mm. You know, I'm uh, speaking of these stupid devices that are in our house. I am now uh, some uh, coming to me now is my second free Google Home Mini. So I, I bought a Google Home Mini back when I was buying all the dinguses for my house, right? Mm-hmm. I bought a regular Google Home, and then I bought a Google Home Mini, and my daughter was using it, and there was some deal through something where it's like, hey, do you want a free Google Home Mini? I'm like, sure. I'll get you know, free everything, free shipping, free everything. I got it, and I gave it to my daughter. She put it in her room. Now I get that same deal again. It's like, hey, do you want a free Google Home Mini? I'm like, all right, I guess. So now I'm going to have three Google Home Minis in my house, two of which were absolutely free. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is some kind of thing where they eventually slanty top. It looks, no, the mini one, it looks like a little, uh, hamburger patty. It's like, Oh, I have one of those too. Okay. So I've got, I've got a hamburger patty. I've got the slanty top. Um, and I've got whatever the one is with the big screen. Big. Yeah. The big, that thing is, it's such a joy, John. So we've got that in our hallway. Um, kind of in our, like the busy hallway area before you go into the shoot. And I'm telling you, man, it sounds so lame. But it's it's really the photos it comes up with are really good. And so like four or five times a day, you'll hear from so you'll be in somewhere else in the house and hear someone go, oh, baby, <laughs> it, it somehow brings up it. But it's so great. And you can also do the like whole, hey, hey, dingus, how's my day? The speaker is good enough. I think of that family. I mean, I like I like the Echo Show. OK, the Echo Shows that I have are weirdly feel weirdly less responsive than some of the cylinders. And I don't know why, but yeah, we, we still, you know, we've still got that topic. We should get to someday way, way, way down about where you are with voice stuff. We don't have time tonight, but 
Um, that's interesting. And so anyway, uh, yeah, but you know, here, okay. So here's another example though, the Amazon family of voice product things, which is, I mean, it's, it's so, it's so rapidly <laughs> like expanding and contracting. They're always putting out new stuff. They're pulling old stuff. You know, that, that, uh, the one where it gives you fashion advice. I think that stops on July 1st. Just yeah, so the, you know. the echo show. Look, I think it's the look. No, the look, uh, <laughs> echo look, prescription look. <laughs> the echo peeping tom that one was not a big seller i'm just concerned about your privacy um but uh but uh no that's another example though where like it's 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 not really super this really goes for echo show which almost nobody needs but they're pretty great like an echo show is basically an echo with a with a screen and it can play it used to be able to play, play youtube not anymore boo but it'll play hulu it'll play um music um, obviously it'll do all the timer stuff. It's ideal in the kitchen. Cause sometimes I'll just want to listen to like Chris Hayes while I'm making dinner and it can, it can stream that. And I'm not blaring it from the other room. It feels like a very Tiff Arment kind of uh, device. You know, isn't she a background TV person? I don't think so. Hmm. Hmm. But I thought I'm, she's the I'm person a, who had back, the background TV. I used to be a background sure. TV person. I know background. That does not surprise me. And uh, I'm not, not anymore. I'm not. Person. Well, you know, that's not true. Sometimes I just let MSNBC run during the day. Because I want to get that blood pressure way up. That's not, yeah, that's that's the type of thing that does not decrease with age. You, you're mm. going to need to welcome background TV back into your life slowly. Mm. 